Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. If you remember, I started this message last week, and I shared Jesus' statement from John 10.10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And then I asked this question. If that's why Jesus came, if that's what he came to do, why are so many believers today not experiencing the abundant life? And I gave you three answers. One was that uh, possibly they weren't true believers from the beginning. And number two, that they might have some kind of unrepented sin in their life. Or number three, that there may be a lack of consistency in those four major disciplines of Christian life, prayer, Bible study, public worship, and sharing our faith with other people. And I said, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what the reason is. It doesn't matter why we are, for some reason, not experiencing the fullness of everything that God has to offer, why we're not uh, being everything that we can be, why we're not experiencing the presence of God in our lives day by day, why we need someone like Linda was sharing just a moment ago, that we need Jesus. Well, the Bible says that uh, he is the person that we need. And he that began a good work in you is going to continue to complete it. God is not going to give up on you. God's not going to leave you or forsake you. But he will spend all of your days seeking to bring you to that place where you will know the joy and the fullness of a relationship with him and what's that, what that's all about. In the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke chapter 15 and verse 1, it says, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he says, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost I say to you likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one who repents than over the 99 just persons who need no repentance or what woman having 10 silver coins if she loses one coin 
does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace for which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there's more joy in, in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God is not going to leave you. He is not going to forsake you. But he's going to do every single thing that he can do. Much like this shepherd, much like this woman who lost the coin, he will do everything that he can to bring you back into right relationship with him. The Bible says that we can depend on that and that he will be there for us. The first point of the message, remember, I only covered the first point last week. And the first point of the message was Jesus and the lost. And um, basically, what I was saying to you is that Jesus loves you. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. It doesn't matter what you have done or what you haven't done. Jesus cares about you. And uh, one of the things that we need to understand, so many times when we find ourselves in situations where we know we shouldn't be, or we find ourselves in a situation where we know that we're not doing what we should be doing, or that we know for some reason there's just a, there's a disconnect between us and God, we need to understand that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through us the world, or that through him the world might be saved. Jesus' desire is to bring you back into the right fellowship with him. <clears throat> the second point, and that's where I pick up uh, this morning, and that is the, rea the reality of lostness. In this passage, we see... Uh, a lot was made of the fact that Jesus was eating with tax collectors and, and sinners. We talked a great deal about that last week. And uh, he, was, he not only was uh, fellowshipping with them, spending time with them, he was even inviting them to eat with them. And then there was three powerful parables, two of which that we are covering today. But I think it's interesting that Jesus didn't address those three parables to the sinners and to the tax collectors. You remember I talked last week about the tax collectors being some of the most uh, reprehensible people in that day and that the sinners were those that just flat out didn't follow the laws of God. They didn't do the things that God wanted them to do. And Jesus is not directing those parables to those sinners and tax collectors. You know who he's directing the, the parables to? The Pharisees and the scribes, the religious elite of that day, because they just couldn't understand why Jesus would go to those that need repentance. He didn't un they didn't understand why Jesus would go to those that needed forgiveness and understanding and inclusion, those that had felt alienated by society and maybe even left behind 
by God, Jesus went to them because they were the ones that needed to know Jesus' love and Jesus' concern, his compassion, his forgiveness, and his grace. But you know what? I think, and this is so, this is the, the cool thing to me about Jesus and the way he approached those people that were sinners, those that were alienated, those, even the religious elite that looked down on those people of that day. Jesus didn't condemn them. He reasons with them. He gives them some common sense, everyday issues and help them to see that uh, we all have lost something. We all have to deal with that from time to time. And Jesus uh, shared with them how when uh, they were lost, it would, uh, they, were, they would be separated. And the effort that the one who lost them would spend to bring them back, to bring, go find that lost sheep or to find that lost coin. And, and he was relating himself to those folks that had lost something. And he was saying, I go and look for those. Jesus is looking for each and every one of us. He wants us to know his presence. The lost sheep and the lost coin, they seem pretty much the same, those two parables. But in reality, there's one very significant uh, difference between the two. Let me start off by saying that to try to explain that. And uh, I'm not a, an uh, informed expert on sheep, but I have done a lot of reading and a lot of, lot of uh, uh, study on this passage of Scripture. And one of the things that keeps being brought out over and over and over and over again is that sheep are stupid. Sheep are, sheep are heedless. They are, they are unwary. And we don't really know what happened that caused that sheep to go astray. It may have been a rock falling and startled it. It could have been a snake in the grass that led him astray. Or it could have been that he was just wandering along and saw a gap in the fence and he wandered uh, through that gap. We don't really know what caused it. But because the sheep are heedless and unwary and stupid, it just wanders away from the flock. And you know the story, evening comes and the shepherd brings his flock into the fold or into the pen and he's counting them 98, 99, and there's supposed to be 100, but the 100th one wasn't there. So what does he do? He leaves the 99. They're in the fold, they're in the pen, and he goes looking for the one that was lost. Jesus wants you to know that he cares for those who are separated from him. He cares about those that feel alienated from him. And uh, <clears throat> even, listen to this, even if it's because of our own stupidity, even if it's because we make foolish decisions, even if it's totally our fault or maybe we just kind of wandered away, it doesn't matter. God still cares. 
about us. And he's looking for us. You know, sometimes people say, well, it's their own fault. They made those stupid decisions. They ought to, you know, let them go. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. Praise God. Amen. God doesn't do that. He goes looking for you and he does everything that he can to bring you back into the fold, to bring you back to where he wants you to be. He wants you to know that he cares about you. There may be that person, maybe a young person, I don't know, who, because all of his friends are doing it, experiments with drugs or are, goes out and drinks a few beers because it seems like the cool thing to do. And they do that over and over again and they, hey man, that feels pretty good and I'm going to, until they get hooked. See, till they get hooked, they get addicted or they become an alcoholic and then that's not fun anymore at all. And we feel separated and we feel alienated. Yes, it was because of a stupid decision long ago, but now we're, we're paying the price for it. God hasn't discarded that person. He says, I'm going to come looking for you. I'm going to come find you. Some of you may be here today that may be struggling with things that are a result of just some stupid uh, decision you made a long time ago. But I want you to know God's not giving up on you. God cares about you. And he's looking for you just like somebody else. Maybe it was a person who flirts with passion and then in a a sudden gust of uh, unexpected opportunities, they find themselves in a situation that's far beyond any place they ever expected to be. God doesn't give up on that person. He's still looking for them, and he brings them back, and he wants them to be everything that God can make of him. Maybe some debt-ridden person who's just not making it. Maybe his family or himself. He's just, he's just about to go under. And out of desperation, he takes something that doesn't belong to him. He steals something or he uh, uh, pulls something out of the till. You know, he, he, he cheats on his taxes or he cheats on his boss or or whatever, and he takes things that he shouldn't have taken, and he finds himself alienated and separated, maybe in jail. God hasn't given up on that person. He's still looking for him. He's still looking for him. You see, these are all people that were lost, that were alienated, that were separated because of their own stupid, stupid decisions. Now, the next parable, the one about the coin... The coin is lost through no fault of his own. And uh, a sheep is lost because of his own stupid stupidity. The, the coin is lost because of the failure of somebody else. Now, listen to this. Back in the 1980s, there was a report that 42% of all Americans let me say that again. 42% of all Americans went to church every Sunday. That was back in the 1980s. 42% of all Americans 
We're in church on Sunday morning every week. Today, it's somewhere between 20 and 25% of Americans find themselves in church on Sunday morning. Now, let's say it's 75. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say it's 75, uh, 25% that are in church on Sunday morning. Families. What about the other 75%? What about the other 75%? Do we forget about them? Do we for, I mean, they're not in church. They're not hearing about the truths concerning the value of life and the things that make life worth living. They're not hearing that kind of... You don't hear it out in the world. Folks, you're not going to hear it in the bars. You're not going to hear it in the country clubs. You're not going to even hear it in the schools very often. You don't learn the real true values of what it is to be a real person. What about them? Where are they going to hear that? Do we, do we who come here, the 25% that come to church on Sunday mornings, do we just sit here praising God that we know the truth and forget about all those 75% out there? No, we can't do that. We can't do that. We need, to, we need to share with them. We need to go beyond the walls. We need to do something. That's what these parables are all about. He left the 99 and went looking for the one. She turned the house upside down, sweeping and, and everything that she could to find that one coin. I'm telling you, folks, listen to me. There are people out there that are hurting, that feel alienated. They feel separated from God and the church. And it's our responsibility. We sit here hoping that they'll come here and discover what we've discovered. That's not what the Bible teaches. Nowhere. Listen to me. Nowhere in Scripture you cannot find it. Nowhere in Scripture does God command lost people to go to church. But over and over and over again He commands the church to go to lost people and share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. On Wednesday nights Jedediah has been sharing with us um, this doctoral program, the curriculum for it, that he is presenting at Southwestern uh, Seminary. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, he introduced us to three families. One was the Stars family. They came to church about 75% of the time. They had Bible studies at home, and they were doing what uh, probably just the things that most of us are doing. And then there was the Mavericks. That was another family. I guess he got these from sports teams in Dallas. But the Mavericks, they were, they were, they came to church about 53, about half the time, maybe once or twice a week. I mean, a month and, and, and that type of thing. And then there were the Cowboys. And they came hardly ever, maybe never, they, they came to church. 
And then he asks the question, how would you make disciples? See, Jesus told us to go into the world and make disciples. He says, how would you make disciples of those three different types of people? Now, he didn't ask me specifically, and I don't know if this is the answer that he wanted us to give, but let me tell you how I would make disciples of those three completely different types of families. I would do it the same way. I'd do them all three the same way. And Jesus tells us exactly how to do it. He says, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded to you. So the first thing we do is when we encounter these people, we discern whether or not they're believers or not. And if they're not believers and we share the gospel with them, try to lead them to Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we begin to teach them all of the things that God has commanded us. How do we do that? Through Sunday school, through small groups, through church. We do that. And we try to teach them that they're to share those things with other people. Amen? That we're to share, that we don't just come here and sit on our blessed assurance and just think everything is hunky-dory and realize that we need to be those that go out and look. We need to be like the shepherd who leaves the 90 and 9. And by the way, listen, listen, when Jesus left the 90, uh, when the shepherd left the 99, he didn't leave them to just wonder. He didn't just forget about them. He left them there in the pen. He left them there in the fold. He left them there where uh, others could watch after them. And then he went looking for the one. That woman, she didn't throw, she didn't forget about the, nine coins that she had left, she put them in a safe place when she tore her house upside down to find that lost coin. We need to care for those. See, God doesn't have to lose or pay no attention to those that he's already found to find those that are lost. Does that make sense? He still cares about us but we need to be about reaching those who are lost. That brings me to my last point. Searching for those who leave. Searching those who are separated. Searching for those who are alienated from God. Rescue requires thoroughness. Rescue requires thoroughness. We need to be about. That's why, that's why we've asked you to take, I've asked you to take one of these cards and put some names on there and pray for those individuals. Maybe one, there are ten spots here, but take this. And put some names on I think I was holding it upside down. But put some names on it and pray for those. And I'm asking you to pray for those people regularly. Now listen, listen. The lady that lost the coin, she just didn't say, 
okay, uh, I, I, I've got a coin lost. I'm going to sit here and pray that God will help me find that coin. The shepherd who had one of, the, one of his sheep missing, he didn't sit there in the gate of the uh, sheepfold and pray, God, please bring that sheep to me. He went out and he looked at every nook and cranny, out in every crest, by every creek, under every bush, behind every rock. He went out and he searched and he looked for that which was lost. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? That's what Jesus does too. That's what Jesus does too. He goes out and he looks. He found me in a jail, jail cell. He found some others in a bar. He found some others in a drug den. He found others in a prostitute's lair. He found them all over. He didn't just wait for them to come to him. He went looking for them. Cindy hit the nail on the head in that children's sermon. She said, we are made in the image of Christ. Let me ask you a question. If we're made in the image of Christ, ought not we be about the things that Christ was about? Amen? Oh, oh folks, I'm asking you to find somebody. If you, if, if you can only think of one person, take that one person and pray for them. And listen, listen, don't just pray, but after you've prayed a while, you pray a month for them, and then start looking for open doors, opportunities to be able to say something to them or to invite them to church. Don't just pray for them and forget about them. You pray for them and then invite them to come to church or see if they have a need in their home. See what that need is and see if you can't help them out. And, and mention something. Tell them, tell them, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I pray for you every day. Let them know about that. And then come August. I think it's the weekend of August 26, somewhere around in there. We're going to have teens come all over it. This, is, this emphasis, is a, it's a Texoma-wide emphasis. We're going to have missionaries come from all over the United States are going to come to Bells, Texas. And we're going to take those names that you've been praying for and we're going to go visit those people and we're going to go share the gospel and hopefully after you've been praying for them for four months and God is beginning to work in their hearts, maybe we'll have an opportunity. Maybe we'll have an opportunity. Don't know for certain. Don't know for certain. We don't have any guarantee of this at all. That, that shepherd didn't have a guarantee that he would find that sheep. But he went out and looked for it. That woman didn't have a guarantee that she'd find that coin. But she did everything that she could looking for it. And we're going to do that. So I'm asking you to be praying. Asking God to give you an opportunity to open the door so that you can give us, give us a chance to go and sit down with them and share the gospel.
that they might come to know Jesus, that they might be found. What did it say? What did it say? What did he say? That all of heaven rejoices more over one lost person that is found than all of the 99 that was already there. Amen? Oh, don't you want to see that happen? I do. I do. That's becoming everything that we can be. I pray. I pray that you'll be a part of that too. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. I thank you for your goodness. I, I thank you, Lord, for your love and for your mercy. I thank you for the forgiveness that you've shared with each and every one of us through your son, Jesus Christ, on Calvary's cross. Lord, I ask you, God, to speak to our hearts. Help us to see that we are not like the Pharisees and the scribes that we want to see lost people found. We want to see them come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we will rejoice with all of heaven over one lost person that comes to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We thank you for this. 